0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Haight. Friday pod today, some updates. Uh, We're going to go over some news, some things in the news that I saw the last few days. Uh, Well, I guess the last two days. Uh, we talked about a lot of different coaches that moved, a lot of drama going on with quarterbacks and some players in the league, uh, so some news updates on that. Uh, we're going to transition then into quarterbacks. We'll talk about some of the free agent quarterbacks, some likely to be traded or want to seek a trade, and then we're going to talk about some that I think aren't moving. They ain't leaving. They ain't leaving the current situation they're in, uh, and, and some of the some of the teams that may seek some of these quarterbacks may want to, to hire them. I guess not really hire them, but sign them uh, to longer term deals, shorter term deals, or maybe even a transition uh, in their franchise. So we'll talk about that. And then at the end, a brand new segment of the podcast that I have not released uh, as of yet since June, when the podcast, when I started this podcast, uh, they're going where? Uh, That's the name of the segment. Uh, Some trades, some weird trades and team and players that I think are going to be in different uniforms uh, as we come up to the 2022-2023 season, uh, which is next season uh absolutely wild the weather that happened last night in eastern pennsylvania a lot of a lot of ice seems like we got like four inches of ice i'm um, actually off of work today uh, my job canceled the shift today uh, that's why if anybody listens to the podcast right after it comes out or is up live uh, on any feed or any platform that you guys listen to podcasts it's 1 30 uh, so I want to get out there and watch some golf The Honda classics going on right now So podcast coming out a little bit earlier, but definitely have some good stuff to talk about So if we're if we're gonna hop right in, let's do it So first thing in the news three big three big topics. I want to talk about and touch on Eric Bieniemy, uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator re signs with the Chiefs on a one-year deal I'm not really surprised uh, Eric Bieniemy was, once again, for another year, considered for a lot of head coaching vacancies in, in the NFL, but at the end of the day, was not chosen for any of those head coaching vacancies. Now, I know we've touched on Eric Bieniemy and, and some of the reasons why maybe he wouldn't be uh, the best candidate or a great candidate uh, for a head coaching position elsewhere, obviously not with the Chiefs because they have Andy Reid, but let's go over those things again. Uh, if you guys haven't remembered or you, you haven't thought about it. So Eric Biennemi, unfortunately, uh, spent most of his time with the Chiefs not calling plays. I know there's reports out there saying that this past year, Andy Reid has let him call uh, some of the plays. But he's not the play caller for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is the offensive genius in that aspect, uh, which is one of the reasons why maybe some some – Organizations out there don't want to trust Eric Bieniemy as the leader of their football team if he can't even be the signal caller and or leader for the offense that he's he was hired by and, and literally worked for. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, another reason, and some of this stuff has been out there uh, on the internet, out there in terms of any types of NFL media, apparently Eric Bienemy's is not a really good uh, interviewee. Uh, and that's based on a lot of different leaks coming out from from a lot of different reputable sources in the NFL that he doesn't interview well, uh, which is a huge issue for not only NFL and major sports jobs, but for every job out there right now currently, if you're seeking a job in America as a average American middle class trying to seek a new job. Interviews are very important. And if you don't come across the right way, you don't come across as as being relatable, as having the right vision for a multi-billion dollar franchise uh, or a team in general, it's going to be very hard to put uh, somebody like that in a top three, in a top two, and ultimately be the number one candidate for these organizations if they don't believe that you're bought in uh, and they don't believe in in you leading their football team. Because at the end of the day, it's a huge, de- a huge decision. We see in the NFL year in and year out that some of these coaches that are hired are absolute flops. And and being an absolute flop takes a lot of time because if you think about it, one really bad year for your franchise probably sets you back three to five years in terms of, of being able to be uh, being l- legitimately competitive again. And we've seen that year in and year out. It's happened to my own football team. It's happened to a lot of franchises out there. And not everybody's lucky enough to have a Bill Belichick like the New England Patriots and have a solid, solid head coach for multiple decades. It's very uncommon in the NFL nowadays to have a coach stay in position and be there for longer than 10 years. Now, some franchises do it better than others. Uh, The Steelers have been very good at it. Uh, relatively good in terms of, of the Patriots doing it with obviously headlined by Bill Belichick. But a lot of these teams are are either realize that they're unhappy with the with the direction of their football team and they lay most of that on the head coach and they realize that sooner than ten years. And and it, I don't blame them for it. To be quite honest with you, I've seen multiple head coaching changes uh, while while being a Minnesota Vikings fan for at least the ten to, the last ten to fifteen years. And it's interesting. Usually teams don't literally just clean house and get all new coaching staffs like the Minnesota Vikings have done since the end of the last season. Basically, since the end of the Super Bowl, their entire coaching staff has flipped. Uh, The the idea of what their team is supposed to be has flipped. Typically, that doesn't happen. Uh, But head coaches and and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and prominent coaches in the NFL – typically are replaced if they're not pulling their weight, in quotation marks. So Eric Bieniemy gets another year with Kansas City. We'll see what comes from that, and if Andy Reid relinquishes more responsibility and puts it on Eric Bieniemy to call more plays, to have more ideas within the offense, because I think that's the only thing holding back Eric Bieniemy from getting a head coaching job. He's worked with Patrick Mahomes. He has all the tutelage from Andy Reid. He brings a lot of positivity uh, and a lot of knowledge as a head coaching candidate, so under, trying to understand why he hasn't received any type of offer for a head coaching job anywhere in the NFL is a bit perplexing. Uh, Eric Banamy, former Minnesota Vikings uh, position coach, I believe he was a running backs coach with the Vikings uh, not too long ago, not not in the, in the late '90s, uh, but he he wasn't he wasn't. With the Vikings or not with the Vikings too long ago, so it's been within the, the the past ten years, I believe. So I really I'm really hoping he gets the opportunity to have a head coaching job uh, and has the ability to kind of branch away from what Andy Reid wants to call and kind of see and everybody can kind of see what. What is the idea and what is the brain of Eric Bieniemy bring to an entire offensive scheme? Because I would love to see that after working with Patrick Mahomes, working with Andy Reid, and working close-knit with all of their playmakers. I think his vision would be good for an NFL franchise, and I thought it would have been good for the the Saints, which considered him in a top-three type scenario uh, for qualified candidates to take their head coaching position. Ultimately, they go with uh, another, another person that was already uh, within the organization. But uh, interested to see what happens with Eric Bieniemy. Just wanted to share that that kind of feedback that I've kind of heard about why possibly he wouldn't get the job, or or, or possibly reasons why other candidates might be more more qualified uh, for some of these organizations seeking a head coach. And and it, it's just sad. I want the best for Eric Bieniemy. I think that if he leaves the Chiefs, they take some sort of hit. Uh, So the Chiefs win in this scenario uh, by retaining him, uh, and then they have a chance of obviously running it back again. Uh, And under the Patrick Mahomes era uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, running it back means getting to the Super Bowl. And there's going to be absolutely no positive taken from the season if they don't get back. Next, I heard an interesting, interesting comment, uh, and I was on NFL news uh, not too long ago, probably about two hours ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is pretty pretty recent, but Dolphins' new quarterback coach, Wes Welker, who came over uh, with Mike McDaniel uh, from the 49ers coaching staff, uh, came with Mike McDaniel when he was hired to the Dolphins, Uh, This comment is a little bit odd and I want to give you guys my take on it because I think it's absolutely ridiculous Uh, My buddy Greg's gonna love this. So Greg if you're listening to this uh, Please pay attention to the next seven minutes of this podcast because this one's for you my dude Um, The Dolphins quarterback coach Wes Welker uh, Was met was talking about and asked about Jalen Waddle And he said that Jalen Waddle is Tyreek-esque And he's got some Tyreek Hill abilities and he talked about how he could have the same impact, basically, within the offense if he's utilized correctly. That's a very ballsy statement, considering that Tyree Kill is a way better player in terms of every almost everything. Uh, not basically because Jalen Waddell's a bad player, but he's a rookie last year. Tyreek Hill's been in the league a while, uh, and there's visible differences, maybe, maybe, uh, because of the way the offenses are set up in Kansas City versus versus Miami so here's my thing Jalen waddle has speed he has agility he's able to make good moves close to the line of scrimmage and catch big ca- big passes over the middle uh wide receiver screens and what have you but Jalen waddle has not proved that he can do anything down the field or catch any passes. So he was a, a bottom tier player in terms of catching passes longer than 20 yards down the field, only had 141 yards in in the entire year um more on more than 20 yard catches down the field. And also his his quarterback threw 3 interceptions when targeting him, targeting him more than 20 yards down the field. Does that sound like Tyreek Hill to you? Absolutely not. And with the head coach Uh, Mike McDaniel, who is considered an offensive genius uh, in the eyes of many big sports figures in the world right now. Here's the thing. I don't think Jalen Waddell can make any sort of impact down the field, number one, because that's not his strong suit. His strong suit is being a slot player who catches tough passes over the middle, uh, and he's basically your, your king of a PPR league in terms of fantasy football. He's going to catch eight for 80. He's going to catch 10 for 65. Uh, you can sprinkle in some TDs uh, in the red zone. But, but based on the quarterback play of Tua vailoa and his strengths, as well as you have Jalen Waddell and his strengths. I don't understand how Wes Welker can make a comment that Jalen Waddle is anywhere near the type of player of Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill can catch passes near the line of scrimmage. He can catch 50-yard bombs from Patrick Mahomes down the field. And, and Tyree Kill has really worked on his route running and he's also worked on his his ability to catch the ball in tough spots, uh, depending on where the ball is thrown. So Greg and I have had multiple conversations. Greg, long-term Chiefs fan. Uh, I've watched a lot of Chiefs games with Greg. And one of the things uh, when we would get into debates about whether or not Tyree Kill is a top five wide receiver, when he first came into the league his first year, maybe year and a half, two years, I told Greg that the only thing holding back Tyree Kill was his ability to run good routes. And his hands. And he's worked hard at improving those things. And this past season, we saw that. Now, I understand that Jalen Waddell had good hands at Alabama. But but I don't take much from an Alabama star player. Because Alabama is playing against inferior competition whereas in the NFL where most of these Alabama star players are drafted are playing against better competition and not inferior competition so I haven't seen anything from Jalen Waddell that would tell me that he's going to be the next Tyreek Hill based on the fact that he doesn't catch the ball often down the field his quarterback's not going to throw him the ball often down the field based on his strong suit and honestly they, they have similar hands, yes. Uh, Jalen Waddle has a bit of a catch radius. Tyreek Hill has proved that his catch radius is a lot bigger than people think. Don't get me wrong, uh, the size is a bit of an issue. Tyreek Hill relatively small, but he's faster than every single player in the league, uh, which means that, to be honest, my take on him not being able to run decent routes might actually benefit him because he's going to have a bigger cushion than most wide receivers based on his his ability to separate. And if that's the case, and he improves his catch radius, Tyreek Hill is going to be a force to be reckoned with for a while in the NFL. So uh, I don't believe that any type of Jalen Waddle com- comparisons to Tyreek Hill are even close to legitimate, uh, based on the fact that I don't think two is ever going to be a consistent thrower of the ball down the field, uh, and I don't think that Jalen Waddle, a- until I see more, has a good enough catch radius and enough speed to be compared to Tyreek Hill. Uh, last on my news headlines list is is Kyler Murray and, and the Arizona Cardinals, and, and there's a lot of layers to this. Uh, so uh, recent news uh, and updates and articles that I've read are saying that the Cardinals and Kyler Murray are having uh, uh, positive conversations. Uh, a lot of the BS that happened not a few, not even just a few weeks ago, uh, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, but their conversations have went well. Uh, they're agreeing they're on the same wavelength they're on the same they're on the same ideals in terms of what they want for each other and what they want for this football team now listen I'm not surprised uh, rumors leak all the time I literally talk about NFL rumors like every other podcast I release on the in the on this podcast so I'm not surprised that that some of the some of the stuff that was said in these rumors in these articles on these podcasts, uh, in the NFL media from NFL media people. I'm not surprised that a lot of this was was exacerbated a lot of it was exaggerated but here's the impact that we're starting to see in the NFL from these star players and that's most likely either disgruntled star players or star players that are in some uh, involved in some sort of scandal with a disagreement between them, their football team or their organization. And in terms of the organization I mean I mean upper management. Uh, upper st- the staff, the the, the the GM and above, uh, player personnel, coordinators and above, uh, people high up is basically what I'm saying. So Kyler Murray did the social media cleanse uh, that we're starting to see a lot of these players do, and not just in football. We're seeing this happen in basketball. We're seeing this happen in, in the MLB. Maybe not as prominent as in football, but these players are getting smarter, and, and they're playing the the right type of game. If they start scrubbing their social medias uh, from the current team they play for, removing all of these pictures, removing all of these posts, changing their bios, and even if it's not actually true because they're upset with the team, it makes the team make a move, and it makes the, the organizations make a move to tell the player what direction the team wants to go in. So by Kyler Murray taking all of the Arizona Cardinals pictures, all of their information linking him to the Arizona Cardinals off of his social media, it forced a response from that organization to him directly. And they need to reach out and be like, why? And what that form looks like, whether it be uh, them reaching out to his agent, whether that be reaching out to him personally, whether that be uh, tweeting out on their social media to give him an answer players can get answers from these organizations that they couldn't really do before social media was as big as it is now. And that's the the thing we're starting to see. Not too long ago, I mean, Kyler Murray in this news happened a week ago, maybe two weeks max. Russell Wilson has just done the same thing. So now Russell Wilson does this, and he's a very hot player in terms of what is going to happen with Russell Wilson. We're going to talk a lot about him in, a, in the next segment when we talk about quarterbacks, but you're, you're going to start to see these players start to experience with this social media platform and start to deal with what they say on podcasts, what they release uh, via the, the media. It's going to try and give these players and they're trying to have a one up on the organizations to see where the organizations stand when they're either unhappy with, with something or they want to change. So, or a combination of the both. So, this this is very interesting to keep an eye on. There's a lot of players now that are taking to this new social media world of getting answers from the organization, trying to get organizations to move them, trying to get organizations to keep them, trying to give them get get them more money from these organizations, get contract extensions. It's branching out to basically all to, every every bullet point to their organizational relationship they're trying to get answers and they want to get they want to curve the curve the the talk of whatever it's about whether it be the contract whether it be a trade whether it be seeking a trade whether it be a free agent destination whatever whatever the conversation is that they're either disagreeing with or they want information on that that's what the social media buzz that people that players are starting to do it's going to start affecting it And it seems like the players are going to get more out of it than the organizations. So the organizations need to figure out how they're going to combat this if they want to try and still be one up on the players, because at the end of the day, the organizations are a business and they want to keep the business in the best standing as possible, but they don't want the players to run them or own them. And don't get me wrong. I'm not on any type of side when it comes to this, which who should have more power, the players or the organizations. I'm not on a side. It's a business. So at the end of the day, I'm going to expect business like behavior from a business. So at the end of the day, money's involved. At the end of the day, opinions are involved. Emotions are involved. There's a lot involved in this, but the players seem to be taking this type of stance uh, to try and get a little bit more power in the relationship between them and their organizations. So it's going to be interesting to see some of these free agents, some of these players seeking a trade, the disgruntled players, and how they're going to use social media moving forward to get answers from the organization or try and find out where the organization is standing. All right, so that's all the news and updates I have for either. Stuff we've talked about on the podcast previously or just saw some stuff that I saw that would be quite interesting. So let's move into the quarterback situation, quarterback carousel if you may, if you may. So I have some players here. I've got three different categories. And a visual would be better, but but take notes if you guys can't follow this, but there's not that many on here so you'll probably be able to play this back if you need to. But so there's there's four players I have in each of these categories, and we'll run through each category and, and kind of talk about what the impact of these players are, and kind of where I think I'm, where I think these players are going to be going, or where they're going to end up. But the three categories are as follows: uh, free agents. Uh, these are quarterbacks that are free agents as of right now, and what teams would consider signing them. I have a seek a seek trade or to be traded category. And I also have, they ain't leaving category. So let's start with the free Asian category. So these are your players that we've seen in the past, uh, premieres, former premier starters, journeymen, or, or players that could step into a situation in the league that a team would trust them to be a starting quarterback and expect somewhat decent results. So you've got Mitch Trubisky, uh, you've got Tyrod Taylor, you've got Andy Dalton, and you've got Marcus Mariota. Now, the one thing I want to take from all... Four of these players is that they can start for football teams, but more likely they're going to start for football teams that want a transition period for their football team or they want to bring in competition for their current starter to see if that if they really want the current starter to be the starter moving forward. So that's teams uh, like like the Washington Commanders. Uh, it's still funny to, to hear them being called the Washington Commanders. I thought they were going to be the football team forever. I don't hate the commander's name. There's a lot of hate going around for the Washington Commanders right now. I'm not a hater. I kind of like it. It's definitely different than the football team, but I like, I kind of just love that name, the Washington football team. It was just, it was just cool for me. So to go on with what I was, to go back to what I was talking about. So uh, the Washington Commanders, the, the Panthers, you, you've got the Steelers, you, you've got the Broncos, the Colts, the 49ers, and possibly the Seahawks. We'll talk about uh, some more of these teams in depth, but but you got the Commanders here where Taylor Heineke, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's also a free agent this year. Both of them were on the Washington Commanders this past season, formerly the Washington football team when they, when they were there because the name was changed after the season was over, but... That, some of these players can fit if they want a transitional period, if they want to bring somebody in to, to see if Taylor Heineke can beat them out in a quarterback competition, see if Ryan Fitzpatrick can come back from the injury he sustained and then missed the entire season, because they went out and, and picked up Fitzpatrick for a reason, and they thought that he could be a solid addition to their football team and lead their football team as their starting quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what these players have to offer some of these football teams depending on what direction they seem to go and all three of these these kind of these kind of columns these kind of groups that i've created they they're intertwined and they affect each other depends on depending on what happens and what these football teams decide to do with these quarterbacks so uh, just to get into the next one the next uh uh uh, column the next group uh if you will uh the seek trade slash traded uh, these players either are going to seek a trade or are going to be traded by their football team. Uh, they might end up staying, but I'm leaning towards them not. Uh, so you've got Russell Wilson, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Carson Wentz, and you've got Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's why I mentioned Seattle being a team that, that might want to d- entertain some of these players in a transitional period after possibly losing Russell Wilson. Now, if if you're asking me personally, whether or not, The Green Bay Packers or the Seattle Seahawks are going to be teams that are going to be able to upgrade their quarterback while also letting go of their current starting quarterback. The answer is no. So the Packers aren't going to get a quarterback that's better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, regardless of what type of haul of draft picks that they get for ending up either trading him uh, or him requesting the trade, uh, either or, they're not going to get a quarterback that's better than Aaron Rodgers. He's the two-time MVP the last two seasons. You're you're not going to get a better quarterback than him, and there's probably only one quarterback out there that I would rather have than Aaron Rodgers on my football team, basically only going off of football skill and football stats. And then you have Russell Wilson, who... Yes, started off slow. Had some issues with the with the team uh, coming coming into this past season, uh, and his performance on the field, uh, he was dinged up. It just wasn't to expectation. But who are they bringing in that's better than Russell Wilson? And, and honestly, I I don't know. I I like Russell Wilson. I think he's overrated a bit uh, in certain. In certain conversations, uh, whether it be top five quarterback in the league, whether it be when people put Russell Wilson in a top ten quarterback of all time, I've seen that kind of stuff written in the NFL media. Different writers, different bloggers. It's I don't I don't think Russell Wilson is top ten in the NFL ever. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. But you, you can't deny that Russell Wilson's a great player. You, you can't deny it. He's a great leader. He's able to throw the ball deep down the field accurately most of the time. And, and he's able to escape the the pocket enough to, even if he's not running for, for 30, 20, 30-yard 30 runs like he did earlier in his career, he's able to escape pressure and get the ball off to his to his receivers. So uh, those two teams I don't see getting better, uh, yet I think the players themselves are going to push for the trade Or the teams themselves are going to consider that what they're getting back in these trades is worth giving up their star quarterbacks. And the last two on the list, Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Carson Wentz right now, it seemingly seems like whoever was pushing hardest uh, for the Colts to trade for Carson Wentz uh, to and trade from, sorry, acquire Carson Wentz in a trade from the Eagles. Uh, Whoever was heading that project seems like they may or may not be fired. Uh, Carson Wentz's last two games were abysmal of the season. They needed to beat the Jaguars in the final week of the season uh, just to make the playoffs. And they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, losing to the Jags last year. If you were one of those teams that did, uh, not a good look considering what they put out there, what they went through in the caliber of their team. But uh, listen, Carson Wentz may be cut. Uh, so I think they're entertaining trade offers right now for Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't, I haven't heard anything about any teams biting on it, uh, but it is to be assumed that if they can't move him via trade, they're going to cut him, uh, which is a big deal considering what they gave up to get him uh, and how much they were paying him for them to just take a dead cap hit and cut this player. Uh, is going to be a huge deal, and I don't know if if they cut him, if Carson, if nobody's willing to trade for Carson Wentz, I don't know that he ends up starting in the league for any team this coming season. So uh, that Carson Wentz is, is going to be in the in the news for a while uh, moving forward until he they decide on what they're going to do with him. Uh, But Jimmy Garoppolo is more interesting, and it's more interesting not because of who Jimmy Garoppolo is, because we all know Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, He's able to win big games. He's able to win playoff games, but he's hit or miss. Uh, He throws sketchy passes. uh, Sometimes his throws are off, and he's not the best player in terms of not getting injured throughout a season and playing a whole season. But Jimmy Garoppolo has some positive aspects of his game, and it depends on what kind of situation Kyle Shanahan thinks he's in with his current team, whether they just keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the staff because Trey Lance isn't ready. Uh, There's Tom Brady garbage coming out there about how Kyle Shanahan's going to convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement to play for his favorite childhood team, the 49ers. But then you got to think about Trey Lance, which they gave up a lot of picks for to get in last year's draft that now it's going to be the second year if he doesn't start, that he's not starting for that football team. And you have to ask yourself why. Is he not good enough? Is he not grasping the offense of Kyle Shanahan? Uh, does he still need work on his mechanics? Uh, it, did he get injured uh, during the season at some point? And it was more hush-hush because Jimmy Garoppolo was starting. Uh, and that's possibly why uh, he was utilized less at the in the second half of the season than he was in the first half. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Um, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo's out. I, I think Kyle Shanahan... Uh, personally, is going to move forward with Trey Lance. Uh, they're going to work hard this offseason to try and get him ready for the season. And, and I know that that it, somebody is going to be willing to give up a second round pick, a third round pick, for for Jimmy Garoppolo. And and, and I know for a fact uh, that if the 49ers right now can save 26 million dollars in cap room and get a third round pick to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo they're going to use that to try and surround Trey Lance with the best skill players the best sub the best substitute players the best players that they can surround him with as a unit for his success because Kyle Shanahan is a great coach and I know he's thinking long term on this and not short term so uh, it's gonna. It's a lot. We'll see who gets traded. We'll see who moves. We'll see who stays. Uh, but those four players—Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Jimmy Garoppolo—I expect to not be in the same uniforms, uh, based on the player, uh, player. I guess you could say player organization relationship. And maybe the the some of the stuff just going stale with with, with things that they've had on these teams that they've played for uh, since they've been with their current teams. And then you have the the ain't leaving category. And I could be wrong on some of these, but I just don't see based on the coaching changes, based on the offensive style or the the coaching style that these uh, these different head coaches that were hired have. But I don't see these players leaving. Uh, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins. Baker Mayfield, and Derek Carr. uh, Starting with Derek Carr, Uh, Josh McDaniels wants to see what he has with Derek Carr, I believe, before he just comes to Las Vegas and all of a sudden just uproots and, and gets rid of their quarterback that they've had for multiple years. I think I think he's, McDaniels is going to want to work with Derek Carr to see what he has. So I don't think that there's a chance that they get rid of Derek Carr or offer to trade him this season. To go along with Baker Mayfield, I think most of the Browns organization believes that uh, Baker's performance this year was, was basically not who he actually is. Uh, and it was based on some of the injuries he was either forced to play through or he just uh, couldn't play through, and that's what made his statistics a little bit worse than people expected this year, uh, which is why the Browns didn't end up as good as everyone thought they would be. Uh, so I don't think Baker Mayfield has a uh, he has a shot in hell to move this season uh, because he's going to try and get healthy. He's had surgery to try and fix some of the injuries and some of the stuff he that were that was lingering last season, but. Uh, Kirk Cousins, and and I've gone back and forth on this. I listen to a lot of Vikings media, a lot of different stuff, whether it be the Viking Age podcast, uh, the the writers in Minnesota, a lot of the former players that now have some sort of NFL media presence. I've listened to a lot of things, and I've taken a look at the dead cap hit. I've taken a look at kind of what the Vikings would look like without Kirk Cousins. And basically, yes, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins lover, uh, and I would love to replace him with another quarterback that I think could help us help us win more games at least and, and maybe have a deep playoff run but I don't see us upgrading from Kirk Cousins and still being successful this year and based on the coaching changes that we've made uh with Kevin O'Connell with Mike petton with with Ed Donatel, I don't think the Vikings are in any type of situation, or or I don't think they're going to be in the mind frame of let's just throw it out and start over. I think they're going to try and make improvements and try and stay competitive in this next upcoming season. So I think Kirk Cousins, I don't think he leaves. Unless the offer that we receive from another team is, is unbelievably amazing, uh, where we can kind of... Uh, not lose a lot at the quarterback position and either get one uh, that's in the trade, uh, as well as maybe picks. Uh, but I don't see that happening. I, I think that that Kevin O'Connell is going to want to stick with Kirk, and-, and and his cap hit's huge. Yeah, I get it. But the salary cap's going up this year. There's going to be a lot of other players for us to for us to kind of let go and kind of capture some of that salary cap relief and get get some something back so we can add some pieces. But based on the coaching staff, like I just said, and kind of the outlook that I've kind of kind of gotten from some of these new coaches, uh, the GM, the ownership that that I've watched in terms of how they feel about the upcoming season, uh, what what their mind frame is, I don't think they're going to tear down the wall. I think they're just going to patch it up and try and maybe go through. Uh, because Kirk's deal is is through this year, but he he's not under contract after that, so we could we could just unload Kirk. Uh, at the end of this season and kind of get more of that salary cap relief uh, based on even some of the quarterback prospects that are supposed to come out, not this draft, but the following draft. Uh, This year's draft, not great for quarterbacks. Uh, That's obviously not the first time anybody listening to this has has heard that, but the quarterbacks aren't that great. Our backup quarterbacks right now on this staff don't seem to be very good on the current team. And and the free agent quarterbacks that are available are not, uh, I don't think, any upgrade from Kirk Cousins. Uh, his statistics have been good. Let's see what he does in a Kevin O'Connell offense. Let's see if we can get Kirk to his strengths uh, and not ask him to do things that he's not good at. And there's there's a lot of QBs out there that that are top tier and they don't really have that many weaknesses. Kirk is not one of those players. But if you put him in the right scheme, you get Dalvin involved. You get Justin Jefferson involved. Uh, we have Irv Smith Jr., our star tight end, coming back. He missed the whole rest of the last season with a, with a meniscus tear. So so let's see what we get from Kirk Cousins. And then we just mentioned Kyler Murray as well. I don't think Kyler Murray leaves. Uh, he's under contract. He's been improving every year he's been there. The, the coaching staff, they seem to... Have been improving as a team and getting this team a little bit better each year uh, since they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so there's a lot of Cliff Kingsbury haters out there. I don't believe that he should be getting that much heat, considering he's making small improvements, but yet still improvements year after year. Uh, and and Kyler, I believe, is getting better. So I don't see those four moving. But depending on what happens with some of these, some of these quarterbacks that I have in different groups uh these free agent quarterbacks might not be available to some of these teams uh the the seek to trade or trade category may end up keeping half of these these quarterbacks that I just mentioned and then if they ain't leaving they may leave the coaching staff might make a change I might be wrong but the pieces and when they fall depends on could affect the other pieces so these 12 quarterbacks uh, they may be in different categories but, but they may change categories based on if a different quarterback moves when I didn't expect them to or vice versa. All right, guys, I want to get to the last part of the this episode of the All-In Man Cave podcast, the new segment called They're Going Where?, I have five players uh, and some some background as to how it would be a blockbuster-type trade or just based on them moving uh, and changing the jersey that they wear every Sunday. So I've got five players here. i got a few teams that they may end up on, and they're players that you either wouldn't expect uh, or I picked some teams that you really wouldn't expect them going to uh, based on what's been out there and kind of some of that. So let's start the newest segment of the all-in ln man cave podcast they're going where number five calvin ridley uh calvin ridley's very interesting when when talking about what he did last season uh because he had a very bad start to the year and then he didn't play uh for basically three quarters of the season uh stepped away from the game to look at uh, or take a look at his mental health and kind of get that uh, get those ducks in a row so to speak uh, but Calvin Ridley, uh, it seemed like he took a back seat, uh, maybe for them drafting Kyle Pitts, maybe Matt Ryan, just uh, the, the situation, the communication, the relationship kind of went a little bit sour. I don't know how the, the team is gonna react. There's some stuff out there saying that Calvin Ridley and the team may just part ways uh, because some of because their, their, their situation, their communication and their relationship just ended up going in different directions. So I can see Calvin Ridley having a big impact on a lot of football teams right now. The three teams that I see him going to, the Eagles, Colts, and Browns, all need a number one wide receiver, uh, and they're willing to give up a decent amount uh, of money to that to that player if they're able to acquire them or get them to come to their city and play for their team. So Calvin Ridley number five in, in, the, in breaking the internet, so to speak, and I know I say that a lot, but I can definitely see Calvin Ridley wearing a different jersey next season. Number four, Deshaun Watson. This one's not a huge surprise, uh, but Deshaun Watson is gonna end up going somewhere. He's not gonna play with the Houston Texans. I know there's a lot of stuff in the media right now uh, where he either revealed teams, um, this is either the truth or false, depending on if you believe it or not, but either revealed teams he wanted to go to or he's, he's not revealing those teams and he's focusing on clearing his name and getting back into the NFL. Nobody knows what's going to happen in terms of his lawsuits, the 22 alleged sexual assault lawsuits. uh, Nobody knows what's going to happen. I don't think any football moves happen until that stuff is kind of either cleared up at least a little or there's definitely some sort of judgment on it. Uh, But I can see Deshaun Watson playing for three teams that people really aren't talking about. And that's the Broncos, Steelers and Panthers. Uh, The Panthers have nothing at quarterback right now. Uh, it's, it's kind of a joke. Cam Newton, not a, a starting NFL quarterback anymore. The Sam Darnold experiment has, has been an absolute disaster. Uh, and, the ex, and the XFL star, P.J. Walker, is just not an NFL quarterback either. So they have three quarterbacks on their team that is not gonna improve their team, which is why I think the Panthers are gonna be out there trying to pick up any of the 12 quarterbacks I mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about that QB carousel uh, and all the groups of different quarterbacks that I think are moving or not moving. I think the Carolina Panthers call everybody. Everybody that is literally available, they will call and offer something for them. I don't care, they're in a situation right now where Matt Rule is coaching for his job, the GM and the owner really wanna win now. They're in a bad situation with their quarterback, so they're going to call everyone. I think Deshaun Watson has a really good chance of going to Carolina. Uh, it's a good place in terms of the weather. Uh, I understand that they don't have all the pieces they need, but they can address that in free agency and in the draft uh, and kind of get their team back to where they were when Cam Newton was in his prime uh, with making that defense better and their the quarterback play definitely better. Number three, Amari Cooper. Uh, and this one was interesting. I saw this the other day, Amari Cooper... Uh, Cowboys are considering cutting him uh, or possibly trading him. Uh, They have CeeDee Lamb, they have Michael Gallup. So, Amari Cooper has a big cap hit this year. They need to get under the cap and they want to free up some space. There's a lot of players on the Cowboys uh, whose future with the Cowboys is a little bit hazy. Uh, but Amari Cooper seems like he's on the chopping block. Three teams that I see him possibly going to, all three of them definitely need a a top tier wide receiver. Is the Patriots, the Jaguars, and the Raiders. Uh, All three of those teams with what the Raiders have gone through with Henry Ruggs and kind of losing a lot of that. Uh, With Hunter Renfro, putting Amari Cooper on that team could give Derek Carr uh, or whoever's the quarterback of the Raiders definitely more threats uh, down the field and especially better hands from their wide receivers. and, and and then you've got the the Jags as well, who I know have Marvin Jones Jr. Lavishka Shenault, but adding some more experience to that crew uh, can definitely be better for Trevor Lawrence and kind of help with his development. And the Patriots are always a team that are that's willing to give somebody a a one year contract to kind of feel it out. Who who things is going to make an impact on that offense. Uh, we saw him do it with Randy Moss. We've saw him do it with a lot of other receivers. So I, I wouldn't put it past Bill to try and go out and offer Amari Cooper some sort of a, some sort of contract, offer something in terms of picks for a trade. So those three teams I'm targeting Amari Cooper for, the the Cowboys have a lot of decisions to make. But since they're so deep at wide receiver, I feel like they're going to make this decision easier than a lot of the other decisions they have in terms of some of their bigger players our older veteran players on defense and on the offensive line. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to make that decision relatively quick. And I think Amari Cooper can be an impact player for all three of those teams I just mentioned. Number two, Saquon Barkley. A lot of people aren't talking about this, but this is very interesting. Um, not only is Saquon Barkley from literally five miles from where I grew up. Uh, he played my high school uh, in football. I used to watch him destroy human beings on a football field, and he was a Penn State alum, and I support Penn State, the football players, uh, not so much the all the, the BS that would happened behind the scenes uh, a few years ago, uh, but I love supporting PA players that play for Penn State. I love it. It's a great history to be a part of, and I, I always support Penn State, me being from Pennsylvania. But Saquon Barkley has been hurt, dinged up, and he's had a terrible offensive line almost every year he's been on the New York Giants since he's been drafted. I think it's time for a new change of scenery uh, or definitely a change of scenery for Saquon Barkley. He needs a better offensive line. I think their relationship is starting to go stale. Uh, The organization is kind of wanting maybe to move on from him based on his injury history and the fact that he can't stay on the field. Uh, as well as Saquon not really enjoying what's happening in New York based on the fact that he has to try and break seven tackles to get to the actual line of scrimmage on basically every run. So I see Saquon Barkley as a as a trade target or, or possibly even, uh, no, he's got to be a trade target because I believe he's under contract, but still. So uh, three teams that I think Saquon Barkley goes to and has an immediate impact are three teams that I think are going to seek uh, offensive linemen in the draft or already have a way better offensive line than the New York Giants. The three teams I think Saquon make making immediate impact. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they could not run the football well. They started doing it at the end of the year with a really good scheme. Uh, Saquon Barkley is better probably than, as uh, with the, the skill set that he has, is better than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary combined. Um, so, and they're both currently under contract, but getting Saquon Barkley I think would be a huge add for them. Uh, the Falcons, who used Cordero Patterson as a running back most of the year, um, and and they they really didn't have much of a, uh, with Mike Davis as well, they really didn't have much of an impact uh, for actual true running backs uh, all season, uh, which put a lot more heat on Matt Ryan and put a lot more heat on that organization. And the, lastly, the Cardinals. And, and the reason I bring up the Cardinals is they're a team that's in the hunt. Uh, they have James Conner. They have Chase Edmonds but they're both supposed to hit free agency this year. Uh, so their deals are up. So there's a very good chance that we see a trade between the Giants and the Cardinals, possibly maybe uh, both of those players for a player like Saquon Barkley, or maybe a combination. Uh, but Saquon would love to go to a warmer climate. I, th- I think he has a really big impact if he ends up going to Arizona. So that's definitely a place I can see Saquon Barkley going to. Not a lot of people talking about Saquon Barkley as a huge player person to be traded Um, but I think people need to start talking more about him because I think it's a realistic possibility that he moves uh, from the New York Giants this year to any one of those three teams and number one on my list of players that I think is going to be traded is Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey, yes, the player that everyone in the fantasy drafts always drafts number one because for some reason, the man gets 15 points in every game regardless of what his stat line looks like. If he has 10 rushes for 33 yards, he catches 8 passes for 80 yards and a TD. Uh, and vice versa, he catches 2 passes for 16 yards or he, he has 15 rushes for a buck 75 and 2 TDs. This is one of the best impact players for fantasy that I've seen since I've been playing fantasy football, which is basically the last 10 years so uh, christian mccaffrey and there's a big reason and and some of this is linked to what we just talked about with saquon barkley uh the panthers themselves trying to make a change to to win football games their offensive line isn't the best uh, and and christian mccaffrey can't really stay on the field he's in the same situation as as saquon uh he's dealt with hamstring issues he's dealt with knee problems he's dealt with other types of injuries like that soft tissue injuries to the point where Carolina might say, listen, what are you going to give me for him? And they might entertain offers and end up moving it. Two teams that I really like Christian McCaffrey to go to, and honestly, the one-two combo for one of these is kind of amazing, but I'll just tell you now. The Commanders and the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins kind of using a, a, a pish-posh two-running back system last year with, with 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 Gaskin and with Duke Johnson. Um, but here's the problem with that. What if you get Christian McCaffrey? Uh, that team is just awesome right off the bat. So you give Christian McCaffrey to the Dolphins, and then you have Mike McDaniel at the head coach, at coaching position that you've just acquired, considered a football genius to be able to use him in a football scheme. That sounds scary to go along with their defense who isn't projected to lose that many players. Uh, for the Dolphins to be right back in the thick of things in the in their divisional race and in the AFC if they can get better quarterback play from Tuatanga Mailoa. But then you have the Commanders with Antonio Gibson. They have a, some, some younger running backs on their roster and I get that they all have a different type of impact. But if he's able to go to the to the Washington Commanders and make an immediate impact, him and Antonio Gibson as a one-two combo, and the Washington Commanders make a change at quarterback uh, that's even a little more positive than Taylor Heineke with what they have on the defensive side and them kind of getting and finding that uh, strength in the second half of the season of their football team. The Washington fo- football team becomes scary. Now, I know I did say that they were scary last year, uh, before the season started, and I expected them to win the division, win their division, and they weren't even close to doing that. But they have an opportunity to be right up in there again in the in the NFC East, and they can have a huge impact. So Christian McCaffrey, number one on 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 this list of players, like uh, with a with a meme face of where are they going? Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys all listening to the podcast. Please add me on facebook cole hate c-o-l-e-h-a-y-d as in dog t as in tom follow me on twitter at me on twitter at all in man cave pod no spaces thank you so much the podcast as always will be found on spotify iheart radio google podcast apple podcast and many other podcast platforms that podcasts are found I appreciate you all listening the shares on Facebook the the shares everywhere you guys listen to the podcast uh, the word of mouth the the messages that I've received the direct messages I really appreciate all the support. Thank you, guys. Um, we're, we're still talking football. We, we have a lot of things to talk about uh, between now and the NFL draft, and we're going to sprinkle in some other sports in there. A lot of stuff happening in golf right now, which is very interesting. Uh, but I may be bringing Tim and Tyler back on uh, to talk a little bit about this about this PGA Tour golf situation uh, because it digs a little bit deeper than just golf. Uh, And there's a lot of aspects of that that we can talk about. And any avid sports fan would probably find super interesting, even if you guys don't avidly watch golf on a regular basis or even golf yourselves in real life. So a lot of content coming, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers about the All In Man Cave podcast. Get the word out there. All I want to do is entertain you guys, make this podcast the best podcast it can be. Uh, and, And I would appreciate if you guys tell people about it. Uh, word of mouth is the best form of, of communication, uh, especially about podcasts and stuff online. I'm a big believer in that, uh, so I hope you guys are as well. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day and be safe out there. Uh, COVID numbers are going down. Everything's, uh, the world looks like it's getting a little bit safer in terms of COVID. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on right now. I hope the world ends up more peaceful than it is right now. This is not a political podcast. This is not any type of news podcast, but stay safe out there wherever you are listening from, um, please. And until next, uh, next episode of the all in man cave podcast, like I always say, later